I want to take some time today and go off of something that Curtis shared a couple of weeks ago with regard to this idea of not growing weary in doing good. Um, there's a lot to this. It's a subject, as Curtis pointed out, it's a subject that has been coming up a lot lately. I've heard it in many of my conversations. Our team and our group on Tuesday nights have talked about this. Uh, Barney and I specifically have walked through so, so many um, valleys with people as of late that, that growing weary is an easy thing to do right, in, in life, and so I want to speak to this, and I want to take it, I want to take this message uh, a little bit further, and I want to show you a very practical take on not growing weary and doing good. Curtis did a masterful job when he talked about uh, case studies of this, whether it was the Apostle Paul or it was Daniel, and all the things that these people went through. But there are some amazing nuggets within those stories and within the scripture, especially with what Paul writes, for us to really make this, um, make this uh, a doable thing. How many of you would say in your life, or maybe even now, you have grown weary in doing good? How many of you would say that? You can be honest. Nobody here is judging you. You grow weary in doing good. Okay. How many of you would say you're currently weary in doing good? Anybody? Yeah, you're currently weary in doing good. It's a, it's a struggle to do this. And, and here's a really important uh, thing when it comes to the church or when it comes to Christians, helping one another out of these places. It doesn't do us any good to look at each other and say, well, stop growing weary in doing good. That's like your husband or wife saying, stop worrying. It doesn't work, right? You know, uh, calm down. How many of you love that? When people tell you to calm down, you're like, I'll show you calm down in just a second, right? So, so it doesn't really help to hear the instruction, but the instruction is there. And the Apostle Paul kind of does this. He kind of throws out this instruction and goes, don't grow weary in doing good. See ya. You know, and you're like, you jerk. Like, what is going on? The truth, though, is he actually does explain it. He actually does give us the how to not grow weary in doing good. So I want to go through a couple of scriptures with you just to kind of set the stage. And then we're going to work through each piece as we go. So the first one is this passage in Galatians. Let's go ahead and put that up there, guys. Let us, say it with me, church, not lose heart or grow weary is what many translations say. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. Don't grow weary in doing good because there's something to reap and you, won't, uh, you, you will reap that if you'll continue to press on. The next passage of scripture is... Uh, Galatians 6, 1 through 5. So I want to kind of set the stage of what happens with this, right? Brethren, if anyone is caught in a trespass, in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself, so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own work, and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone, and not in regard to another, for each one will bear his own load. Verses 6 through 9. The one who is taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. 
Let us not lose heart in doing good. You see the context. You're starting to understand what he's talking about. For in due time, we will reap if we do not grow weary. And then finally, verse 10 of Galatians 6. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So the call here. It's to not grow weary in doing good, but Paul subtly snuck in a lot of actual things that we're supposed to do in uh, loving one another, in growing with one another. We'll examine those in just a second. But Paul also says this to the church in Thessalonica. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 11-13, through 13, he says, For we hear that some among you are leading an undisciplined life, doing no work at all. I know who you are. No, anyway, doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. Now, such persons we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to work in quiet fashion and eat their own bread. In other words, work for what you get, right? Eat your own bread, but as for you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good. All of a sudden, Paul actually set a contrast in there for what it means to continue to do good. The writer of Hebrews also shares a little piece of this. He says, For consider him who endured such hostility. Who is him in this? Jesus, right? Consider him, Jesus, who endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that, so consider Jesus and what he's done and all that he went through, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So the command is there. It's very clear. But the question is, how do we do it? There's a difference between what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to do it. Don't grow weary. Great command doesn't help. How are we to not grow weary? Before we jump into that, I want to talk to you about what good means in this, okay? Don't grow weary in doing good. This passage is not about just generic random good things. I hope you understand this. Well-doing is something that God has created for us to do before the foundation of the world. This has to do with how we treat one another, how we love one another, how we care for the world around us. All of this is part and parcel to this idea of well-doing. So here's what I want you to understand. When it comes to working hard and earning a paycheck and paying your bills and all that other stuff, just do it. Does it get weary? Sure, it gets weary, but that's not what Paul is referring to. He's not talking about the fact that you got to work hard for what you get, okay? You should work hard for what you get. And we should put ourselves in uh, the right frame of mind, comparing ourselves with the rest of the world to see we are all unbelievably wealthy compared to the rest of the world. So if we're growing weary in the fact that we have a roof over our heads and food on the table, if we're growing weary because, well, we just didn't get to take a two-week vacation this year, if we're growing weary on this, stop it. But there's no help in the Bible for that, right? It's just you got to learn to be content in all things. you got to learn to accept what God has blessed you with. And he's blessed us with so many things, church. Okay? But the growing weary in well-doing that is talked about here is, has been highlighted by the Apostle Paul. So we're going to go back to Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, and we're going to look at it one more time. So go back to it, guys. Brethren, if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. That's the well-doing that you're called to do. How many of you know that? 
You are called to restore one another in a spirit of gentleness. How many times do you not want to be gentle with restoration? Pretty much every time, <laughs> right? I, I'm a hammer dropper. I like that kind of thing, right? But learning gentleness is an important thing. And sometimes you grow weary in it. But why would you grow weary in encouraging someone or correcting someone in a spirit of gentleness? Because you keep seeing them do it over and over and over again. How many of you have kids? Ben Bird, raise your daggone hand. Anyways, there we go. That's awesome. You have kids. How, many, how, how easy is it to, uh, to discipline them with joy the first time? Right. It's difficult already. How about the tenth time? I will kill you, I will murder you, you will be buried in the backyard in a shallow grave, right? Like we make these threats, but we're so frustrated because we do not know what it is to discipline somebody with gentleness, even when they're our own family. No wonder we grow weary in it. And Paul says you got to do it. Why do we have to do it? Because we're supposed to be a people of unity. We're supposed to be a people of love. Instead, what we are is, you made me mad, get right? That's what we do. You made me mad. I don't want to talk to you anymore. So brethren, if anyone is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Sometimes the doing good is just watching out for temptation, right? Making sure you keep yourself in check. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. How many of you like doing that part? Wow, this is a loving bunch of Christians today, right? Right? Bear one another's burdens. There's the good that you're supposed to do, and there's the good that you grow weary in. I grow weary in this. How many of you are like, you know what? It's a Sunday afternoon. Everything's calm and relaxing. I got to go to work on Monday, but I get the day off, and all of a sudden somebody calls and says, I need your help. How many of you are like, I love when people call me on a Sunday afternoon, especially to move if they need my truck, Right? How many of you love this? You all hate this. This is what the problem is. Right? It's really hard to bear one another's burdens. And if we zoom in spiritually, we understand what these burdens are. Nathan, I'm struggling with my faith. I'm struggling with doubts. I don't know what to do about this. I'm, I'm trying to love my kids the way the Bible says. I'm trying to love my spouse the way the Bible says. But I'm struggling with all of those things. I'm losing my mind. Okay, let's sit together. Let's talk about it. Bearing one another's burdens, right? Now, the beauty here is that it's not one person's job. No man or no woman could ever bear everyone else's burdens except for Christ, right? No one could do it. But God has put us in each other's lives so that we might bear one another's burdens. And yet we grow weary in those things. And yet we're not supposed to grow weary. We'll get to the how in just a little bit. So, bear one another's burdens for, and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks that he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Look at somebody next to you and say, I'm nothing. Isn't that a positive, encouraging message for the church? I'm nothing, right? You are a child of God. You are an image bearer. You are all of those beautiful things. You're a saint. You're, you are all the things that God calls you to be. But it's really important. Don't think of yourself as something when you're actually nothing, 
right? Make sure you keep a humble attitude and a humble heart in all of this. But each one must examine his own work, and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another. The good that we're called to do, the good that we grow weary in doing, is the good that obeys God. Amen? It's the good that follows after him and everything that he calls us to. And is that burdensome? Is that wearying at times? Yes, it is. There are times when we go, oh my goodness. The Apostle Paul said, I despaired of life itself. Translation, modern century, right? I wanted to kill myself. I wanted to die because of all the stuff I was going through. I despaired of life. Didn't want it. How many of you felt that way? Yes, yes. We grow weary in doing good. It's hard stuff. It's hard. But Paul is telling us the good that we grow weary in. It's not just going to work for your 40 hours. Go to work. Work hard. Stop complaining, right? That's what we're called to do. But when it comes to doing well and good in the, in the kingdom of God, we've seen it already. You're supposed to restore people with gentleness. You're supposed to bear one another's burdens. And you're supposed to worry about yourself with regard to your morality and what you're doing. Honor God with everything you have. So verse 6 through 9 goes on. And it says, go to the next one. The one who is taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. Now this can be understood a couple of ways. This could be understood that as you are taught and you have aha moments, you should share that with your teacher. Could be. That translation. It could also be, as you learn things, you should share it with your teacher. Because, not even from them, but you should share it with them. Why? Because good teachers are always learners. Good teachers are always learners. And they want to grow and they want to know more. Okay? And so it should be exciting to them to hear the things that you're learning. Guess what? This is the good you're supposed to do. Why are you supposed to do it? Why? Because the very people that teach you need that encouragement too. This is bearing their burdens. This is caring for them. This is doing good unto them. They need that. We all need that, okay? So the one who is taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. And we're going to start to see the spiritual picture of doing good. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. Is that the doing good? No. That's the doing bad, okay? But look at the next one. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. You're sowing to the Spirit so that the Spirit can produce fruit in your life. Amen? You sow to the Spirit so that the Spirit reaps fruit or produces fruit. What is that fruit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Listen, if the things you're sowing are not resulting in that, you're probably sowing some wrong stuff. Amen? You're probably sowing wrong things. You have to focus on what you're sowing, which is to do good, to bear one another's burdens, to encourage one another, to discipline one another with gentleness. All of those things. Sow good seeds. Love your neighbor. Love those, pray for those who persecute you. Do all of that. That's the good that you're called to. And when that happens, it will start bearing fruit in every part of your life. These are really important things, right? So it ends with this statement. It says, he who sows from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time, we will reap if we do not grow weary. And then finally, verse 10. Who are we supposed to do all this good to? So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those of the household of faith. 
Guys, loving your enemies is something you're called to. It doesn't matter if it's your coworker. It doesn't matter if they're a legitimate enemy. It doesn't matter if it's someone in your own house. You're still called to plant the right seed, which is sowing spiritual things, okay? This is the good that we're called to do. But guess what? This is the good we grow weary of. We grow weary of the stuff we shouldn't grow weary of. We grow really weary of these kinds of things. So how in the world are we actually supposed to stop growing weary? There's four things that I want you to to take away. So if you're a note taker, please write this down. The first one is this. Understand God's vision. If you don't want to grow weary in doing good, you need to understand God's vision. How many of you get discouraged at work when your boss tells you to do something, but you don't know what it is that he wants or she wants you to do? Like, hey, do this. You're like, you didn't teach me. How many of you hate that, right? Well, you're going to grow weary, and you're not going to be able to overcome that position, and the same is true inside the kingdom of God. Understanding God's vision starts with Genesis 1, 26 and 27. This is who we are in Christ Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You are image bearers. And because you're image bearers, you should look at it and say, oh my goodness, I am awaiting I am awaiting ruling and reigning with Jesus. Or I'm supposed to be doing this now and there's a greater level of it that comes in the end. Amen? So this this is a big thing. If you are a child, if you are literally a child of a king on this earth, uh, do you think you would be happy knowing you get to take that throne at some point? All things considered, let's just say your kingdom was awesome. You'd be excited about that, right? God's kingdom's awesome. God's kingdom wins, and he seated you with Christ. You're an image bearer. He's called you to something big. If you can remember, child of the king, it's going to be easier not to grow weary in doing good. It doesn't mean it will fix it. (laughs) It doesn't mean you won't grow weary. It just means it's a help in how you don't grow weary. Remember God's vision. The second passage for this is Ephesians 2.10. Curtis talked about this in, uh, two weeks ago. For we are God's workmanship, right? And what are we supposed to do? We're created in Christ Jesus for good works. What is your identity? Image bearer. Child of God. What are you supposed to do? Good works. If you're growing weary, just remember, you are God's plan. You are God's hope for the world. We're all supposed to be helping each other, loving each other, caring for each other, which God prepared, all those good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Step number one in how not to grow weary is to understand God's vision. You are an image bearer and you were made to do the works that he called you to. No one else is going to correct people with gentleness in this world. You are. No one else is going to do it. You are. No one else is going to bear one another's burdens. You are. That's your call, right? That's your job. You are the good Samaritan. You're the one that's supposed to offer the helping hand. Remember God's vision. The second one, uh, remember the company that you keep. Remember the company that we keep, all of us. Here's what uh, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says. 
Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Little, little uh, extra credit for how not to grow weary in doing good. Shed the sin. Shed the sin. You're going, what, what, what do you even mean? Stop doing it. Stop walking in that sin. And why do I say stop walking in that sin? Because it just weighs you down. So you're growing weary and doing good as it is, but then you keep these things alive, and these things are dragging you further behind. So you must shed the sin. Let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself. Pay attention, church. So that Jesus endured hostility by sinners so that you will not grow weary in, and lose heart. So how do we not grow weary and lose heart? We remember the company we keep. It's not just the saints of old, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's not just seeing David. It's not just seeing Solomon and watching their faithfulness. They are just simple men that fall short. But here is a man who never falls short. He endures all the way to the end, and he wants you to see what he did on the cross so that you don't grow weary, so that you don't lose heart. So how do we get here in this? We understand God's vision. Second, we remember the company that we keep. The third one, and this is a big one, church. We have to encourage one another. Encourage one another. Now, I've harped on this for years, and you guys know this. Encouragement is not compliments. You're good enough, you're smart enough, a dog on it, people like you, it's whatever, right? Right? Telling somebody that they're, they're nice, they're kind, they're pretty, they're this, they're that, whatever. Compliments are great. Compliments are great. Give them if you want to give them, right? But encouragement means something different. It literally means to build courage into someone. So let's just go super practical. This, is, this doesn't take any kind of degree. If somebody is growing weary in doing good, what would you do to encourage them? What would you do? Come alongside and help them? What would you do? Simple stuff. There's no right answer here. What would you do? Say again. Point out where you see God in their life. This is encouragement. Why? Because they might have lost their mind thinking God doesn't care for me. And then all of a sudden you go, he was right there. Right? That changes how you do things. Every Tuesday night in our our leadership uh, group, I ask one simple question. What did you see God do this week? And after years of asking this question, it is so amazing the richness of the answers because nobody answers with cheesy Christianese nonsense. Nobody walks in and goes, well, I read my Bible today. Well, good for you, right? You saw God, that's not, that's you moving, right? Right? How about this? Well, I was at the grocery store and somebody came up and I had this opportunity to minister to them and they told me what their need was and I shared this and this is amazing. What'd you see God do? You saw God use you. 
You saw God move in such a mighty way. God is moving. So how do you encourage people who are growing weary? You point out where God's moving in their life. How else do you encourage people? This is simple stuff, guys. How would you do it? Come on. Express love. Yes, show them love. Show them that they're actually your brother or sister in Christ. How else? Come on, y'all. Remind them who they are. So back to our first point. Understand God's vision. You're an image bearer. It's awesome, Rich. Do what? Yes, help them. Help them. Bear their burdens. Like literally, if they need, if they need work in their yard, that'd be great. Uh, he wants to volunteer for all tree cutting services for our church. So I'm just letting you know, call Rich. It'll be great, right? Guys, it's super practical. If you, if you find somebody growing weary, all you have to do is say, it's okay, we win in the end, <laughs> right? I know you're growing weary, we can do this, I'll do it with you. I know you're growing weary, you're better than this, we can make it through. This is what encouragement is. It's building courage into them that says they can do it. You imagine Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they're all facing this fiery furnace, and this is not how the story goes, but could you imagine that two of them are like, we ain't going into that fire, and the third one's like, we can do it. I see Jesus, right? Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be encouragement. Come on, we can do this. God has got us. We're not bowing to anyone else. This is what it means to encourage one another. So we must do it. First Corinthians. First Corinthians says this. Now concerning things sacrificed to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge makes arrogant. Paul is not against knowledge, by the way. But knowledge makes arrogant. But love does what? It edifies. It edifies. This is what we have to do with each other. We're not just trying to, uh, uh, you know, uh, one-up each other, right? We're trying to edify. We're trying to build one another up. We're trying to push them forward in good things. Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. Shed the sin. You heard what I said before. But through love, serve one another. This is how you encourage one another. You serve one another. You walk beside them. You don't let them fall. You know, in Curtis's message a couple of weeks ago, he talks about Daniel. Daniel has encouragement in weird ways, and you should observe the weird ways that encouragement comes. Whether Daniel is being encouraged by fellow Israelites that are in captivity, or he's being encouraged by the very pagan kings who say, we need you. He's encouraged to keep moving forward. He's encouraged to keep doing what he's doing. And then he witnesses God come through in every aspect of his life. Don't pray to anybody else. Daniel does it, delivered from the lion's den. You think he's going to grow weary the next time? It might get hard, but he's going to keep going because it's back to what we said earlier. We're going to remind each other how we see God moving in their life, right? These are powerful, powerful images. So through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. In the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. This is how you encourage one another. You love each other. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19, uh, verse 23 through 25. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. I want you to think about this. The Bible literally says think about it. Consider how you can do it. Consider how you can do it. It doesn't give you a, a blueprint. It doesn't say, here's exactly how to stimulate one another towards love and de good deeds. Consider it. 
Consider how you can do it. I'm sure that everybody in this room can come up with a different way of how you can stimulate somebody to love and to walk in the good deeds that you were created for, that God planned before the foundation of the world. But you have to take some time to think. You have to take some time to consider. That requires you taking some time to consider the person you're talking to, right? If it's your brother, if it's your sister, if it's your mom, if it's your dad, if it's your coworker, you know that person. Talk to them in their language. Talk to them how they talk. Show them what it means to love. Show them how they can love better. That's how you do this, right? So we are called to encourage one another. So from the top, we understand God's vision. We are image bearers, and we were created for good works. I'm growing weary in this, but it's my job. And God is the one who gave it to me. My king, my father, he's the one who gave me this. Number two, remember the company that we keep. We don't just have a a hall of fame of faith of Hebrews 11. We have Jesus himself who endured the cross so that we won't grow weary. We look to him. That's what we're supposed to do. Third, we encourage one another in every way that we can possibly encourage one another, but specifically towards love and good deeds. And last but not least, and this is so contrary to modern Christianity for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe we just lost our minds. Remember the reward. Do you follow Jesus for a reward? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You absolutely do. It's stupid and self-righteous and fake piety to sit there and go, I love God not for what he gives me, but just for who he is. You're full of crap. You're full of crap, right? We are fallen people in deep need of stuff, right? And we're going, help. Whether it was drowning in sin or needing our provisions or we just want to uh, know what we were made for, the will of God in some way, we need things and God wants to reward us in all those things. He does. He's the one who actually said it. So back to Galatians 6. Galatians 6 verse 9 says this. Let us not lose heart in doing good for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. What are you going to reap? You're going to reap all the fruit that is supposed to be reaped when sowing in the Spirit, right? You are going to reap these things if you will sow properly. We do this for a reward. It's okay. Is there a relationship? Yes, there's a relationship. I'm not downplaying that. I'm simply saying don't miss the fact that there is a reward, and it's a beautiful thing. We're storing up treasures in heaven. I love fake Christianity. Fake Christianity says, oh, but my greatest reward is just Jesus talking to me in heaven. Why do you need treasures then? Why did he say store them up? What does it matter? Right? This doesn't make sense. It's just pie. It's a false piety. It's some sort of like, ooh, I feel better about myself. I'm okay with it. God promised me lots of stuff. Israel went to a land that was flowing with what? Jesus. No, milk and honey, (laughs) right? Land flowing with milk and honey. Reward. It's awesome. Provision. God's going to take care of his people. I get to go to a great by and by, which is a new heaven and a new earth, by the way. I get to go to this amazing place where my king rules and he provides everything I've ever needed. Manna from heaven. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be epic, okay? And he's going to provide all that stuff. I love that reward. I love the fact that he's prepared a place for me in heaven that I will go and see. I love this idea. There is a reward in all of this. Now, I want to caution you on something. 
I want to caution you not to always believe that the reward comes this side of heaven. This is a hard lesson. It's a hard lesson. You remember that hall of fame of faith that I talked about in Hebrews 11? Look at what it says in Hebrews 11 about them. And all these having gained approval through their faith, they did everything God called them to do, did not receive what was promised. They didn't get to experience Jesus, their Redeemer, right? They got to experience all kinds of stuff, but there were some things that were meant to wait for a period of time, a specific time in human history. I would argue that there's also things in your life that God is waiting for a reason. I don't know why. You don't know why. But it is. He's waiting for a reason. Will he give you those things? I can tell you right now when you see him face to face, there will be no more problems. There will be no more tears. There will be no more pain. There won't be concern about your taxes. Nothing will be there, right? You will be absolutely joy-filled in the presence of God and all that he has provided for you. Not everything gets settled on this side of life. 1 Corinthians 3.6 says this, And this is a strange way to understand this, and so I'm not trying to rip something out of context. You know how much of a crazy person I am on that. But Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. Didn't mean that Apollos or Paul always got to see the growth. God always causes the growth, but it doesn't mean we always get to see it. Sometimes the reward comes later. How many of you have ever known somebody who their family, their mom or their dad, had prayed for them to come to faith, and then their mom and dad died, and years later, that person came to faith. They didn't get to see the reward, but man, they fought hard for it. They prayed, they tarried with the Lord for these things. Guys, you might not experience it, but there is a reward, and you should keep fighting for it. You should keep pushing forward in it. So we understand this, this uh, uh, command that we are not to grow weary in doing good. But the struggle is how. And I wouldn't be a good pastor if I didn't share with you the actual hows of doing it. Because telling you what to do is not what you need. I am convinced most Christians, if not all Christians, know what they're supposed to do. The challenge is, how do I do it? How do I do it? Or maybe even why do I do it? But how do I do it is a big question. Here's how you don't grow weary in doing good. Again, from the top. Understand God's vision. You are his image bearer and you were made to carry out the good works that he's called you to. Number two, remember the company that you keep. It is not just the hall of fame of faith, but it is also your savior and your king who bled and died so that you would not grow weary. Number three, encourage one another. Build courage into one another. To what? To do the good deeds, to fight the good fight, to run the race, to endure to the end. Encourage one another. I can't tell you how much we need this church. We need this. Lots of hands went up and said, I am growing weary even right now. And you know what I bet? I bet the same hands would raise if I said, but how many of you feel regularly encouraged or don't feel regularly encouraged? And the same hands would go up because we don't feel regularly encouraged. We feel complimented a lot, but not courage built into us. And finally, remember the reward. God has treasures that he has that are infinite for all of us. 
There is life and life abundantly. There is milk and honey. There is joy abounding when we visit with God, when we abide with him. And those rewards are yours. Fight for them. Run for them. Know that there is a, there is a carrot at the end of the stick, right? This is beautiful. Just keep running. Just keep running. I hope that you guys, I hope that you guys find these kinds of practical messages encouraging. And if you have questions or if you have thoughts about how you struggle with these things, I want you to email me. I want you to text me. I want you, whatever it is, I want you to, I want you to reach out because it's important to be able to encourage you where you are. It's important to be able to partner you up with fellow leaders in the church that absolutely can speak your language and know who you are and know how to encourage you, okay? So I want you to reach out. There should be, there should be an end or we should be able to reach an end in our church to discouragement by breeding into a church a deep level of encouragement for what we do, amen?